Welcome to another episode of Psychic Happy Hour. This week, my guest is Mac Berzina, and I had the pleasure of connecting with Mac on a very special day on 2-22-2022, and the conversation that we had was nothing short of wonderful and amazing, and I hope it resonates as deeply with you as it did with me. Mac and I in this episode talk a lot about insecurity, our own anxiety, our own fears, and how to no longer allow them to control the narrative of our life. And interesting enough, this past week, I had a really interesting episode with imposter syndrome. And going back through and listening to this episode, it reminded me of the power of what can happen when you take your fears and instead of allowing them to control you, you wield them as your own weapon to cut through any obstacle that's in your way and persevere. We're seeing a lot of stories of perseverance and triumph. We're also seeing a lot of stories right now of struggle and heartache and loss and grief. It's so important right now, more than ever, that we connect in with ourselves and our highest truth and connect to love and deeper understanding. Mac shares wonderful stories from her journey, and it was an absolute pleasure to record this episode. I am so excited for you to hear what we put together for you. And as always, Psychic Happy Hour is sponsored by Spencer King Training. Spencer is someone that I met on my own personal wellness, mental health, and fitness journey. Spencer is one of a kind. He connects with his clients in such a unique way, and he offers in-person coaching if you're in the Tacoma area, but also online coaching. So if you are looking for somebody to help you navigate through nutrition or exercises, or you just need an accountability coach, Spencer is the person for you. You can check him out at kingthekind.com. Without Welcome to another episode of Psychic Happy Hour. I am so pumped for my next guest. She is a alternative mental health practitioner with a bachelor's degree in mass media communications with a focus in interpersonal dynamics. She is a personal trainer and here to help expand human consciousness. My good friend, Mac. Mac, welcome to Psychic Happy Hour, honey. Oh, you're giving me chills right away. I'm so grateful to be here. I am so, so pumped to have you here. I have so full confession for everyone. Um, Mac and I, this is our first time actually like connecting live together, but um, I have been following Mac for a while on TikTok and Instagram. And so it's weird. I feel like I know you, which is it's so a, weird. It's okay. Cause I kind of feel the same way. <laughs> like social media, man, it's crazy. It drives us so close to people, or at least we think it is that we like, don't even know. And then we meet them and it's like, oh my gosh, hi friend. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, that's, um, you know, we, before we started recording, we had started talking about, you know, whether or not I do this full time or if I'm still in like a corporate job. So I actually Mm -hmm. left personal training to do this full time, um, and kind of flipped my wellness approach on its head, literally, literally by putting the brain and mental well-being first. And my specialty is the brain body connection. Uh, But what's more important to me than that is the human connection element. And that's why I moved into social media and started using it. Because when I first um, was, was brought to the, the, you know, 
social media marketing space. It was for fitness, which was like fitness was one of the big things to really take off at first with social media. And I, um, I just felt like that's where I needed to be, but I didn't really know what social media marketing was. I was like, Oh, is that like the, the bimbos with the discount codes? Is that, <laughs> is that what that is? Because I don't really want to do that. <laughs> you know, I, I really started thinking about it and I was like, this is a vessel for human connection. That's what it is. And that's, I was originally going to school for, um, for journalism. And that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to tell people stories and give voices to people that didn't have a voice and wanted to connect with people. I loved talking to people. Like my favorite thing to do is to sit in a coffee shop and meet a random stranger and hear their life story, which, you know, being a mystic and, um, working, I will never claim to be a healer. Um, but working in the healing space, people generally tend to gravitate, you know, towards that, that frequency. And they're like, Bleh! <laughs> just kind of like yeah. on it, their whole life story. And I live for it. I love it. Um, and so social media was that vessel by which I decided to start sharing my own battles with mental health and my own, uh, journey through fitness and mental health, which is why I got in the gym in the first place. I think that's why most people get into the gym and pick up a weight is to make sense of this meatloaf. You know, they try to become a meathead to make sense of their meatloaf. And like, <laughs> you know, you get to a certain point where you're like, Oh, uh, there might be more to this. Yeah, You know, so social media has allowed me to, to connect with beautiful people like yourself. And I just choose to not project an image. I choose to, um, I, I choose not to project anything, to be honest with you, but just like really step into that embodiment of integrated humanity and allow people to connect with that and feel seen by that. And, you know, and just hold space for people to explore that idea within themselves. And if that resonates with them and they want to reach out for guidance or for, um, you know, like masterclass or whatever, that's what, that's what I'm here for, but never to force it and never to push it. So you started as a personal trainer when, what moment was it for you where you were like, you know what, I really like what I'm doing, but I also feel like I can expand here and do even more. Oh God. You know, it almost gets me emotional thinking about it because I, um, just, just last week I had dinner with who a very special individual who, uh, in my opinion, is a guardian in disguise. And, um, she was one of my personal training clients for like two years. And I, uh, I had the most beautiful circle of clients that, were so supportive and we were so open and they would come to me and say, Hey, you know, I, I'm struggling with this or I'm struggling with that. We were always very open about our, our internal psycho-emotional battles. And that's what always really fascinated me was the psycho-emotional space, like psychology, human behavior, anthropology. That's where my, my passion was. Like, that's where my, like, I couldn't get enough of it. Like if you look at our library and you know what I would consume outside of that. So that was always a topic of discussion. And, um, when I started really writing full time and sharing my writing, it opened up this gateway of, I can't not do this. And that that's really how it began. Like I would, you know, photography and modeling have been part of my life for a very long time. My mom was a professional photographer. I've been modeling since I was like, I don't know. 13, maybe younger. Like I've been doing that longer than anything else, you know, but it was always a, a modality of, of creative expression. It wasn't this insta ho kind of archetype of I'm a model. Like, no, I, I love <laughs> photography. Yeah. So we would blend photography with these stories and, um, it, it really just caught on and people were asking me if I did online training. So when I transitioned into online work full time. Um, of course it was with the intention of, you know, pursuing that creative endeavor, but there was a request for it. So I got into it thinking, oh yeah, you know, I'm going to do online personal training. I'll do your, you know, your nutrition or whatever. And it, when I say it took on a life of its own, I really do mean that spirit had their hands in this whole thing. And I've been along for the ride since day one. And, um, moving away from personal training was probably one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. And I feel like anytime we're, we're faced with that choice of I'm going to pursue fulfillment versus what I know I love, but it's just, it's not, 
hitting that synergy. It's not vibrating with me in the way that this form of expression and connection is. There is a mourning period. And I did go through a mourning period of that. But with the incredible support of the human beings that I had the gift of guiding in the gym, I was able to make that transition. I also, my life partner, Trevor is um, my business partner as well. And uh, I, I, I couldn't have done it without my familial or friend support because it was one of the biggest leaps I've ever had to take. What was that leap like? If you can go back to the moment where you metaphorically jumped, Mm-hmm. What was oh, going through your head? You know, it's interesting because it. I don't. I don't know that it was one moment. Yeah. I want to say that it was. I want to say that I had an aha moment, but I don't think it was. I think it was a series of dominoes that went tick, 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 mm. and um, I, there was a moment where the gym that I was working with, they're, they're lovely people and were like absolutely instrumental in my growth. But it was just like you know what, the fact that I am. No, I, no, I do have a moment. I do. You found it. You found it. <laughs> I do. I must oh, be psychic. You'll appreciate it. Unagi. <laughs> Let's do um, it. I was in, cause I was, okay. So I was personal training. Yeah. Taking 18 units at school. I had taken two years off to take care of my mental health. Woo. Yeah. And full-time working online at okay. the same time. So I would take my clients in the morning. I would write and get up what I needed to go to class, come back, take my evening clients, repeat it again in the morning. So I was already running my business and my professors knew that. And I had a professor, this is that aha moment. Yep. Uh, I had a professor who was giving us, it was a senior project class. And, and he said, um, I'm, I'm going to need you to write a resume. This was the assignment. I need you to write a resume for your journalistic career. And I said, excuse me, I already wrote a resume for what I'm already doing. (laughs) And it's a good one. You know, like I have it all perfectly written. Like it's exactly what it needs to be. Can I, can I present that to you for the practice of writing a resume? Mm -hmm. And uh, is that okay? And in front of the entire class, I'll never forget this. He goes, you know, um, you might want to write this resume just in case you ever want a real job. And I was like, the Aries in me, I was like, I will bite you. And everyone in the class turned around and they were like, oh, he said that to the wrong person. And that was the moment where I went, fuck you, watch this. Yeah. And at the end of the class, the the final assignment was to present a portfolio website on uh, on WordPress or something like that. I had already built my website. I was already running a fully functioning blog and had a social media platform that was monetized and a business that I was running. So I said, can I present my, after the class, I walked up to him and I said, can I present my, the website that I've built as my final project? And I got up, I dressed to the nines, did my whole thing. And, um, and it was so well received. I was like, look, I understand that this isn't my, you know, my journalism thing, but this is what I'm doing. And here's why, like, I do it for these people that I love with all of my heart. I do it because I, I believe in the betterment of humanity. I do it because there's magic to be found in each of these people. And they make me believe in that. And that's why I'm doing this, you know? And he just kind of sat there and was like, you know, mouth shut, like, good job. So that, very long-winded way of explaining that aha moment because it really was a series of experiences as you know dominoed but that was the big one where I was like fuck you watch this so that's amazing so first of all I have to know where is Aries in your uh in your chart my son oh that's my moon hi I'm a Virgo sun and a Sagittarius rising and my Aries moon really loves like pissing off the two of those like really loves it So if you really want to want to like play with, if we're, we're going to go down the astrology route, which I'm so fucking down for. Um, my son is an Aries. Yeah. My rising is a Scorpio. Oh. My moon is a Taurus. Spicy. Spicy. It's very spicy. <laughs> That's so spicy. Um, I love that. Uh, so you had talked about, you know, this element of grief, of leaving the 
you know, kind of the corporate esque job of, you know, of training and, and, and doing that in a, in a gym and that being kind of like the main source of income and two into growing your amazing coaching business and working with humans just on a different level. And, and what was that, what was that grief? Like, cause you know, I think that that's kind of the part that gets skimmed over a lot when we're yeah. talking about growth and we're talking about these amazing leads. We talk about, you know, what it's like when we got to the other side and it's so great and we succeeded or, you know, but we really skim over that natural grief process that happens oh, yeah. when we leave behind an old version of ourselves because of our expansion. What was that like for you? Oh, you give me chills. God, I knew this was going to be good. Um, <laughs> you know, to this, I want to, I want to hit on one point of what you just said really quick, especially because we just introduced, you know, my Scorpio here. I have a love affair with the underworld. Mm. I love the dark side of humanity because I believe that it's it's our in our shadows and in our our individual underworlds and in our external underworld where we learn the most. Yeah. And I believe that it's in those shadows and in those moments of grief and shedding and pain that we receive the contrast that gives us depth. And it's in that depth that we're able to empathetically connect with other human beings. And I feel like as, as a practicing mystic and reader as well, yeah. um, I, I find that to be the secret sauce of what makes it so beautiful. It's not the love and light. It's not the perfection. It's not the excitement. It's, it's the realness and the integration of those past selves that we're shedding. Cause I don't necessarily believe that I let go of her. I don't think that I lost her. Mm-hmm. I feel like she became an evolved part of me and I just let go of the things that we just didn't need in this yeah. next chapter. But when I was grieving, I think that it, this in my belief system and in my personal and professional experience, a lot of our grief is not so much the loss of, but it's the loss of the idea of mm. thought it was supposed to be. Mm. and the fear that comes with the unknown yeah and um spirit gives me songs so i literally just heard like into the unknown from from frozen oh full chills can i tell you that has been like on repeat for me for the past like four weeks Mm -hmm. yeah i believe that yeah i totally believe that and and uh you know, I feel like music and stories and uh, film and fiction and storytelling, like they are there to be the mirrors that human beings can find authentic resonance with to make sense of their own narratives. Because that's all we're doing. We're just writing and rewriting and closing chapters and writing new chapters and making edits. And I think where most people uh, trip up is that they think that that it's already bound and printed. Yeah. But I'm like, bro, you're still working on the manuscript. that's that's not going to be done until you're six feet under, you know? So that grieving process was as beautiful and exciting as it was painful and confronting. Yeah. Um, But I think that's, what's beautiful about grief and about the shadows in the underworld is that that's, that's what it allows us to do is find that true depth of what this human experience has to offer rather than just going for the fluffy stuff. Yeah. I feel that my, uh, my spirit helpers, or my guides. Mm-hmm. I've really just started calling them helpers now. Yeah. Sounds more fun. The team. They uh, have been helping me reframe change and it's not change, it's expansion. Mm. And so I've been removing the word change from my vocabulary and the way that I, in a sense of the way that I refer to growth I think change comes with this like kind of weird connotation of you've changed and and sometimes that's bad. Yeah. But I don't, I don't believe that what we're doing here is, is bad. It's expansion. Yes. And something that you had said about, you know, what I love that you put so beautifully was that, you know, we sometimes feel like we're grieving the loss of who we are, but we're still that person. It's very much like that, you know, like a snake shedding its skin. Like the snake is still the snake. The snake is still there. Oh yeah. It's just those layers that aren't, aren't needed or aren't serving anymore that we, we grew out of. And I think that this kind of the past, what has it been two years now of (laughs) living through this, uh, the, the panini, um, trying to have this episode flagged that's all i'm saying um so 
I'm already in trouble with TikTok this week. I'm trying to get in trouble with with Spotify and Apple. But um, but you know, I think the past two years has really, really showed us that that expansion is inevitable. Well, and it's going to happen. If you really want to take that one layer deeper, because I actually reposted what what you would put up. I was like, fuck, yes, that's it. That's it. Like we're expanding, we're evolving, we're rising, but you know, that's not, that's not exclusive to this time in history. It's the one true. Okay. I believe that there's two true human rights. Okay. The first unconditional love. Yeah. Goes without saying Uncon- not conditional, not if you fit this archetype of what I think love is deserving of no true unconditional acceptance and love is the right of every human being. Yeah. The second thing that every human being is absolutely deserving of, and, and I will use the word entitled to in this, in this yeah. statement, which I, I choose my words very carefully is evolution. Mm. If you're not evolving, you're dying, mm-hmm. you know, and I, it, it often gets linked to the shark metaphor. If the shark's not moving forward, the shark dies, right? Mm. Even when he's sleeping, he's moving forward. And I don't believe that you always have to be moving forward, but you always have the right to evolve and change. You are not prisoner to the shackles of your shadows. Mm. You are designed to embrace them and learn from them and grow from them. And if human beings as a whole, as a species, never took that chance to try something new, we wouldn't be here today. Yeah. And we're at a very interesting and pivotal point of human evolution that is very volatile, but it's beautiful. And I think that the volatility is akin to the speed at which we're evolving Mm -hmm. and our external environment. This is one of the few times in human history that the external environment has out evolved the human anatomy. So now we have to learn how to optimize our, our neuropsychological and uh, neurophysical connections in a way that can match and survive the environment, much less, you know, evolve beyond the environment. So we're, we're at a very interesting place of transformation that is so cool to yeah. witness. Um, but I, I think that, you know, and I, I, I also believe that anyone who has a deep rooted fear of change, hi, I'm with you, um, <laughs> totally with you, uh, that roots way deeper for the individual yeah, and, and way earlier in the individual's human experience because soul is like, no, that's what I came here for. Bring it on, bring on the alchemy, bring on the change, bring on the transformation, the skin shedding. I think that's why the, the karmic representation or illustration is the snake because that's what it is. Every cycle you shed a skin and you, if you cling to that skin, it's going to get real gross real fast. <laughs> but, <laughs> That's, that's what karma is. It's the opportunity to choose a new action and choose differently so that when that skin does slough off, you have a beautiful, shiny new slate to continue your expansion upon. I love that so much. That's mm. real good. That's real good. So what's next on the for the evolution of Mac. Mm. Where, where do you think you're, you're headed or expanding to next friend? Mm. You know, it's so interesting. I, I call myself a recovering a type. Yeah. So I was very, I was like a perfectionist, you know yeah. what I mean? Like recovering a gotta know what's going to happen when it's going to happen. I always had a plan. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I had a series of events in my life that were like, fuck your plan. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Roger that. Got a plan. That's cute. That's cute. Exactly. My, my dad always said that God is what, uh, God, wait, what is it? Life is what happens when you're making other plans. And, uh, the other thing he, he says, he, I call them Gary isms. My dad's been around forever. He's born in like 47. You know what I mean? Like, so he's like lived through it. A lot of wisdom. Yeah. So much. Um, but he, he'll also say, uh, you know, when you make plans, God laughs. And I'm like, yeah, that's fucking true. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if we're speaking about, you know, Mac as a human, 
because for a long time, I wasn't able to differentiate between what I was doing for work because it was so tightly wound. I'm sure that like makes a lot of sense for you. I couldn't differentiate. But totally. as a human, um, I think that my, my next chapter of evolution is really grounding into peace and integration in that peace yeah. and allowing love to lead yeah. rather than fear. And um, I have a series of, you know, my, my story has been out there and whatnot, but for your listeners that don't know, you know, I've had a series of abusive relationships and, you know, my dad was an addict and like, I grew up going to AA meetings instead of church. Like there's all of these things that, that instilled, there was a lot of movement and a lot of change at a very young age and it never really stopped. Um, so as I move into this next chapter, I'm really focusing on intentional stillness and allowance, and I'm focusing on allowing myself to really soak up and embrace the moment that I'm in, because in that moment is where all the magic is hiding. Yeah. And I'm also focusing on just enjoying the unfolding of this story that I wrote before I got here and being witness to it rather than trying to make all the edits and make sure that it's perfect, you know, and I'm not forcing projects anymore and I'm not forcing timing on projects. I'm just planting the seed and watering them and loving them and talking to them. And, you know, um, I get to work with and, and live with my best friend and the love of my life. And, um, you know, yesterday we, we kind of took a slow day and, I, I, uh, I said to him, you know, I feel like we've, we've had many lifetimes where we've tried to be together and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. I like, you know, I've done past life regressions and things like that. And, you know, so I've, I've done a lot of exploration in that space and, um, he's been in those, uh, a handful of those lives with me and I was either, you know, killed or, or whatever, it just didn't work out. And I looked at him last night and I was like, finally, like we get to just be here together and mm -hmm. we get to create something of meaning together. And we get to be, we're both from divorced families. We both have very, uh, very similar parallel backgrounds in this lifetime. And I feel like our role is to be that steadfast, compassionate space of unconditional love to show people in our lives what that looks like. And that's enough for me. Like if I walked out and, and got hit by a car today, let's say, and it was done because it can happen that quickly. Yeah, I'd be okay. I'd be happy. I, I don't think I would have anything that I would want for it. And that's such a blessing. You know, we live in a world of social media where everyone's what's next, what's next, what's next, right? Like, and that's, yeah. I, I get it. I totally get it. Yeah. But to, to have more than enough is wealth. And I don't think I've ever felt more blessed or wealthy. And so I'm, when you, when you ask what's next, I'm like, I'm going to finish my Harry Potter series and I'm going to read some books and enjoy what I'm doing. And, you know, I get to work on projects with my friends and I'm not letting my shadow bark anymore. I thank mm -hmm. her for protecting me and I thank her for being on my team. And I just let my energy speak and that's more than enough. That's a good feeling. <laughs> You know, so we're recording this today on uh, 2-22-22, um, and I don't believe that anything is a coincidence anymore in my life. I've seen too much and know too much. I'm like, nothing is a coincidence. And it's so interesting to hear you um, share what you're sharing because a, a series of events is, in my life has led me to also not want to be in that place of like, what do I have to produce next to mm -hmm. hustle for my worth? Because for me, that's where that comes from. Like if I'm producing more, I come from um, 17 years in sales and that's what that will do to you yeah. <laughs> is, um, is, you know, is the more you're producing, the, the more valuable you are. And so where I'm kind of coming to is instead of just kind of skimming the surface and doing more, instead I'm focusing on going deep and being there in that depth. Yes. And um, I, gave me chills. I, was, 
I was listening to and and I look and it's so funny because like right because then you like kind of get this like oh okay let's focus on going deep and then you look at everything like just to give like a really kind of mundane example but of course I'm going to add so much depth to this is yeah. like when I'm writing like um when I'm writing things for either for like my website or you know doing um like intros and I'm writing, I'm like, you know, a couple of sentences and I'm good, but like, I'm looking at even stuff like that. I'm like, I can go so much deeper here. And so it's like, I'm allowing that to unfold in a lot of aspects of my life, but I'm also on the wavelength of, you know, like, I don't need to earn rest or just being like, I actually need to rest and just kind of be funny how that works. I wish somebody would have told me maybe a decade ago, but right. Whatever. I'm sure someone, but at least they taught you algebra. Yeah. But, but I was listening to, um, Encanto at the gym this morning as one does. (laughs) And, um, you know, what's funny. It's the song, of course, now I have to like grab my phone and, and look at it really quick, but it's the song that is sung by the really pretty sister. It's what else can I do? And, and she, like, you know, it's so funny because I, I really resonated with, um, surface pressure and we don't talk about Bruno, like all of those. Right. But then like that song came on, I was like, oh, I guess I'll listen. I was actually mid squat and I was like, well, I can't change it. So I'm going to listen to it. But some of the, <laughs> some of the words in that though, it's like, it's like the magic is in the moment now. And like, yeah. what can I create if I'm just in the moment? I'm like, <gasps> Encanto. <laughs> okay, so like to that to that point, because I am I have a hidden Mickey tattooed on my ribs. It's a long story. But I I live for I, I'm a musical theater kid. Like music is mm. and and film and all of that. Those are like deep, 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 deep rooted loves for me. And so last Sunday we were filming that evening. So I took the whole day and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna take this first half of the day. I'm gonna work on a piece of art and I'm just going to turn on Encanto Sunday morning, right? I'm just going to turn it on within four minutes. Like maybe, 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 maybe the first 15. Yeah. Weeping. No one prepared me. No one gave me the heads up. No. Oh my gosh. What? What do I? I know. What? What? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching it. I was watching it with somebody I was dating at the time. And I was like, oh, this will be like a fun, fun movie to watch on a Sunday afternoon. Certainly not going to put me deep in the middle of my feelings. Certainly not. And then like, I remember throwing the remote in the first five minutes. I was like, I did not come here for this today. (laughs) But it's so good. Oh, it was so so deep and so important. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I, I did not come here to unpack my family trauma today, but here we are. Yeah, and well, Disney, you got me again. Damn it, Disney. <laughs> um, but yeah, so good. So, you know, again, and I'm also a pro at making a, a long story super long. I feel you on the just, you know, on the just being right where you're at and that mm-hmm. being where like the real magic is. And I'm discovering that and I'm learning that. And how do you, how do you balance? Cause you're somebody who I look at and I'm like, okay, she works hard. Like if hustle were a person and you literally have a hustle sign behind you, which is super funny, but like if hustle were a person, like this would totally be but it doesn't seem, here's what I, I love though, is that it seems very like a balanced hustle. Like Thank you. I don't see, like I was watching. So I love Jennifer Lopez oh, and I'm watching, oh, man, I'm watching this reel of her and she's talking about how she's like, whenever goes to sleep, I'm still working and I'm still doing this. And I'm still doing that. And it gave me anxiety. And I was like, JLo, like it gave me honest anxiety. But then I think about it and I'm like, well, you know, she's, she's a Latina woman. I'm sure she has to work 10 times harder than, than a lot of people. But how do you, I, I will also be able to work Jennifer Lopez in any conversation. I, which I'm here for. So, I will not, I will not, you will not get any, any pushback from me. JLo is the goddess. What are some ways that you learned how to balance the hustle with the just being in the moment? Or do you do both mm. at the same time? Like what's, mm. what's the secret, Mac? What's the Ooh. secret? So, so here's what's funny. I'm just a reflection of you. And I think literally verbatim the exact 
same thought when I see your work. The exact same thought. I'm like, damn, Travis is killing it. Like, man, if I, oh, how does he, how does he just get it, get it out there? And I think that's like, that's an important reflection and, and point to bring to the table is that we're all looking at these people that we think have a secret sauce, right? Yeah. But in reality, we're all just either I, I choose to admire rather than criticize. And if I find myself not aligning or not resonating with somebody's content, I just don't. It's that easy. You go unfollow. Like right. I encourage people to do it with me, dude. I'm like, if you start comparing yourself or whatever, I'm like, please unfollow, yeah. you know, but, but I want to illuminate that for a second that I, I genuinely have the exact same belief system around you and the heart and the passion and the love that oozes out of you on camera, you know, it's absolutely exquisite and palpable. Um, and that could just be my own resonance with you because clearly we got a vibe, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, I'm here for it. Maybe it's that Aries, Moon, Aries, Sun connection, but I don't know. But there's, I don't know that there's a secret sauce to it because there is a whole hell of a lot of trial and error. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I feel incredibly blessed to, and not a day goes by that I don't wake up and I have an altar next to my bed and I, and I say, thank you, spirit. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for allowing me to do what I love and serve other people with something that literally Mm. I thought was going to destroy my life. Mm. Like I, I struggled with chronic depression, chronic anxiety. You know, that's where that perfectionism seeds, right. Is in the need to be enough. And I think I just answered your, your question. The reason we push and feel the need to hustle harder is because we feel that we're not enough yet. Yet. Mm-hmm. And that someday, if we hustle enough, we will be enough. And if we have enough money in the bank account, then we'll be enough. If we have the right relationship, then we'll be enough. If we have the right body, we'll be enough. If we meditate enough, we'll be enough. The fact is you exist. You were literally a walking, living, breathing expression of divine creation. And you're going to tell me that's not enough. So my secret sauce is really committing myself to practicing what I preach and setting an example for my nuggets, my clients, our our community, the human beings. I have the gift of being able to guide and saying, you know what? I want to make sure that they know that they're enough, which means that I have to put that into practice and be the example of what that looks like. And the the thing that I built my entire business platform belief system upon was the the honest reflection of true unfiltered humanity. Yeah. And that means some days I'm not feeling it. Some days I got to mentors and I got to go practice my Patronus charm. And that's okay. <laughs> I got to do a little defense against the dark arts, you know? And mm-hmm. I feel like there is just as much value in showing our fucked upness mm-hmm. as there is in showing our abundance and enoughness. Yeah. And that's the thing that I commit myself to. Honestly, it's, it's being the embodiment of authentic humanity in a way that is genuinely resonant with me. I'm also the oldest of five kids. So my youngest sister is, um, I swear this has a point. My youngest sister is 12 turning 13 in August. Okay. Um, and my brother and I, so my brother and I are three years apart and then it's nine and a half years plus for my sisters. Okay. And I, every single day, every single day, I ask myself, what would they think if they saw it? What example would this reflect back to, to them? And I think about their friends that I used to babysit that are, you know, part of the community and and stuff like that. What would they say? And I'm like, well, do I really want to put up an image of me injected, inflated in a thong bikini on a yacht, you know, flashing perceived wealth and vanity? Or would I rather have them see the reflection of something honest, real and accepting? Yeah. That's what keeps me grounded. So when I think about that, as it relates to my work ethic, I just commit to that honesty. So if it's, if it doesn't feel right in that moment, we, we just put it on the table. You know, if Trevor and we have a couple of massive, when I say massive, I mean like Everest summits 
that we're working on. And our agreement as a team, as a unit, as a professional team, much less a romantic team, a professional team, one well-footed step at a time. I call it one rep at a time. You're, you're a gym rat like me. You get it. Yeah. Um, it's just one rep at a time, you know? One well-executed, steady, stable rep at a time. That's it. And with a, a brain that lead, leans higher anxiety, that I find a lot of peace in that. So if I am having a hard time getting focused that day, when I say I take one step at a time, I mean, I literally open up, I have my notebook right here. You won't be able to see it on this recording, but I'll show you. And it, it literally says like no limits. I've got one for every chapter of, of this journey. I'll open it up and I write down exactly what my perceived to do's are. And then I write it again based off of priority. And then I go for the smallest little step. So generally it's like answering emails, you know, making yeah. sure that clients are booked, like little things. But I make a commitment every week to fine tune the little things. So I'll go back into the website or the link, um, like my, my catch all, you know, sort of a link tree sort of deal, yeah. but it's like a mini website. And I go in and I make sure every word is exactly as it's intended. I go through and I make sure all of my DMs are responded to throughout the day. I take care of the little things so that when the big things get there, it's just another little thing, you know? And it's handled with as much grace and acceptance and love and um, humility. But the, the caveat, if you're asking for the secret sauce, is treating those little things and those little moments and little details as though they're the most important thing and mm. putting my blinders on. And I just keep my head down. You know, if I keep, if I look up and I'm like, Oh, what's everybody else doing? Yeah. You know, it's like driving your car on the highway and veering into another lane. You're going to cause an accident. Yeah. You know, you reminded me of this amazing advice that a good friend of mine gave me a couple of years ago. And she I was getting very distracted with what everyone else was doing. This is a different phase in my, my career. And she had said, um, you know, Travis, you're a thoroughbred. And I was like, what does that mean? And she goes, you know, thoroughbred horses, when they are in a race, they have blinders on them and they can't see the horses on either side because it gets them distracted. It just keeps them looking straight ahead. And you know, the way life is, I think sometimes we forget these really awesome lessons that hit us to our core. So we can kind of be redirected back to them. And so I just want to thank you for that beautiful reminder of the importance mm. of that lesson. Um, God, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah. Thank you for receiving it. Yeah. I, I love it. So this would be like the part of the show where, um, you know, I really would love it if you would help me find my words, if you would give our listeners a, a quick, like motivational, feel good, mm. pep talk, speech moment, whatever you want to call it. Would you, mm. would you do that for us? Oh my God. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, so I'm a storyteller. So I think that this will, this will help make sense. And I know that your audience is into the magic. So, yeah. um, you know, I don't feel like anybody finds their way into spirituality without having some big demons to befriend. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and when I first started my, my journey, you know, I, I was that person where I had member members of my family go, you know, you're sick or something wrong with you. You're, you're, you know, no, it's an illness. You're mentally ill. I'm like, um, actually I'm just a little low on serotonin, but that's okay. Like I can build up more of that. Like, there's nothing fucking wrong with me, but I feel like so much of our world between social media and perceived perfections and projections of perceived perfection. Um, I can never miss a good alliteration <laughs> can make you feel like there's something wrong with you. And when I decided to go, you know what, antidepressants, we're not doing this anymore. I'm not sick. I'm human. And I fuck with that. And I'm a big Harry Potter fan. Um, but I didn't, this was something that I didn't know. And that, um, so when I, when I was trying to, to make sense of it, I, I knew that I had to create some separation between those shadows and who I am. Mm -hmm. Because too often we assume that our shadows are us and, and that's not true. They're just 
an expression and bodyguard version protection of us that, that is a series of learned behaviors, right? So I needed to create space between them and myself. And so I called them my dementors. I said, oh, they're, I don't know. They just kind of like suck all the happiness out of the world and, you know, just cold and numb and, and just dementors. Later on, I, I came to realize that I, I literally did not know this for like months that J.K. Rowling, when she was writing Harry Potter, wrote in the Dementors as her personification and illustration of her battles with depression and anxiety. Mm. I had no idea. And um, that was really, really kind of beautiful to me because the the first, if you want to call it an affirmation or or whatever, that I I clung to was anytime I felt that looming presence, I said, you know what? I believe in magic. Mm -hmm. And if I believe in magic, then anything's possible. Mm. And anytime they came around, I was like, uh, 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 I believe in magic. You can't, you can't get me. And then I knew that, um, so the necklace I'm wearing, I know you guys can't see it. It says ridiculous, which is my favorite, um, incantation from Harry Potter, huge Harry Potter fan. One of my former clients gave me, um, a wand for Christmas last year, which it was so sweet. And it happens to be my favorite defense against the dark arts teacher. And he is, and that's what I tell people I do more or less is I'm, I'm a defense against the dark arts teacher. And I do that because like. Lupin, who was the werewolf who taught defense against the dark arts. He teaches it because he knows it. He lives it. He, he, he loves and lives it and wants to provide that awareness uh, and personal power to the next generation so that they don't succumb to the dementors and the yeah. darkness. And um, his first incantation <laughs> is, or the first lesson that he teaches is that with a boggart, which is a shapeshifter. And that's all fear is. That's all shadow is. It's just a shapeshifter. It's a shapeshifter that clings to your past experience and it's trying to protect you. And so it will project and shapeshift itself to confuse you and uh, all in an effort again. And I'll say this till I'm blue in the face to keep you safe and to, and to protect you. So he has this boggart and it's in a, it's in a, you know, a dresser and, when it comes out, it takes the shape of your worst fear, but the incantation to get rid of it is ridiculous. It turns it into something silly. So, you know, Ron gets up and, and a spider comes out and it's this giant spider, which I really resonate with. I have terrible arachnophobia. So the spider comes out and he goes, ah, you know, ridiculous. And now it's a spider on roller skates, right? And it can't do anything. <laughs> So that's what I started to do. I would connect then to my breath and I would feel my dementors and go, mm. And I would blow into their face and I would imagine that I was blowing confetti cannons into a Dementor's face because there's nothing yeah. sillier than that. You know what I mean? And so the more I, I connected with the whimsy and the potential and limitlessness of magic, the more I realized that that magic was just within me. Mm. And if I embodied that, then those Dementors didn't stand a chance. They couldn't, you know, suck the soul out of me because the soul was too bright. And, you know, the, of course the famous thing is expecto patronum, right? Mm -hmm. Which is the, the connection of the happiest, warmest possible memory you can connect to that makes a light bright enough to ward off said dementors. Mm. And I feel really, really blessed at this point in my life to have a very full and abundant, what I call a serotonin bank to pull from. And um, now I, I tell people that I carry around my Dementors on like spiky leashes, like balloons. And I'm like, they're <laughs> my little buddies. And they allow me to understand people and have compassion and love them anyway. And they don't scare me, you know? So when I say I have an affinity for the underworld, it's because I've been there. It's because um, I get it. And, you know, if anyone listening to this feels that they're stuck in that darkness, just know that all you need to do is turn on just a little bit of light and a little bit of laughter and find a little bit of humor in it. And it's going to disperse the darkness that's immediately around it. And the more you practice that, the better uh, at the dark arts you'll be. And so long as you don't use it for evil, you'll be just fine. That was beautiful. Thank you oh, so much you're for so that. You're so welcome. <laughs> Mac, are you ready for rapid fire questions? Yes. Yes. Okay. Bring it on. Okay, let's do it. What's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning? I reach for my puppy mm -hmm. and um and I thank spirit for another day. What's your Harry Potter house? 
I'm a Gryffindor Ravenclaw split. <laughs> what an interesting combination. <laughs> Favorite flavor of ice cream. Ooh, anything with um, prizes inside, like cookie dough or chocolate chips or or any any. I, I dig for those, and then I, you know the the pint doesn't last too long. What is your definition of success? Mm. Oh God, that's such a good question. I thought this was supposed to be rapid fire. Um, <laughs> my definition. You want to know, honest to God, what my original definition of success was, and now I have to go and write a new one. Mm-hmm. It was reading the Harry Potter books at my leisure. That was my definition of success. That's a great so, definition. So we're there. So now I got to find a new one. So I, I, I think more concisely, it's um, doing what you love and having more than what you need. I love that. Coffee or tea? Coffee. <laughs> um, no contest. <laughs> night, night out dancing or a dinner with friends? Dinner with friends all day. Favorite genre of music? Indie rock. I love punk rock, but um, indie folk is like my my default. Madonna or Cher? Ooh, Madonna. Britney or Christina? Britney. Knew I loved you. <laughs> What's your favorite terrible movie? Ooh, that's so good. Oh, and I don't even know if I can say it. <laughs> <laughs> it's so plain. <laughs> I've seen it probably a hundred times. If you were a Spice Girl, which one would you be? Scary Spice. <laughs> <laughs> when are you the happiest? Hmm. At night, um, we have like a nighttime ritual where we, you know, watch one of our shows or watch a movie and roll a J and just quiet time, quiet time with my family. If the golden girls and designing women were in a boxing match, who would win? The golden girls. (laughs) (laughs) Take that bet any day. (laughs) What's the last book you read? Um, the half blood prince. Mac, this was so much fun. Mm. I love you. This is such an amazing time. Tell our listeners where they can find you. Absolutely. So if you are listening to this and you've made it this far, hi, I guess we're friends now. I guess that might mean that we're family. Um, Feel free to reach out to me. Send me a DM on social media. My Instagram is at the underscore human underscore builder. Um, You can also find me at the human builder on TikTok. Um, If you want to hang out with my inside thoughts and some uh, brain food, follow me on Twitter at Mac, M-A-C, Brazina, B-R-A-Z-I-N-A. And my website is humanbuilder.com. We are also in our last week of registration for Masterclass. So I think by the time this comes out, Masterclass will be rocking and rolling, which will be really exciting. It starts March 2nd. That's awesome. And um, I'll have all that info in the uh, in the show about section. Uh, but Mac, thank you so much for your time, your energy, your just your stories, everything. This has been really great. Thank you so much for having me and thank you all for listening. And I just I just love and adore you and thank you so much. I love you too, friend. 